I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Across the UK, online and on DAB. <laughs> Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. Femba can go to hell. Topical talk, outspoken opinion and inspirational conversation on the hour of Badass Power. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators but no one compares. Minter, Campbell and Sexton are your all new Saturday Night Super Squad. Badass Women's Hour on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. One, two, three. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-host Emma Sexton. And this week, the lovely Natalie Campbell, who's usually here, has busted her ankle. So she is laid up on the sofa. Get well soon, Nat. And instead, we have the amazing Porna Bell, journalist, author, all-round woman extraordinaire, joining us for today. Hello, Porna. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, no, thank you. So in case you didn't hear our show a few months ago, Porna was in here talking about books she's written and we loved her so much we thought we would have her back. Uh, Porna, you've got our first story this week. What are we talking about? The story that I'm talking about is um, about the Boots uh, story around the contraception pill. So Mark Donovan, who is the chief uh, pharmacist for Boots, he created a massive stink because he wrote a letter to the British Pregnancy Advice Service who who said that Boots need to lower the cost of the contraception pill, um, the morning after pill rather, um, and said, uh, you know, they need to drop, drop the huge sexist surcharge. And what he said in response to that was, we would not want to be accused of incentivizing inappropriate use and provoking complaints by significantly reducing the price of this product. It caused a massive uproar because um, for many reasons, number one, um, it places the onus of responsibility around contraception yet again on women. Um, it moralises it, more importantly. So that is my story for the morning. That was the thing that really got me was the moralising around this like a kind of day-to-day topic. I mean, I don't know about you listeners, but I have definitely had to go and get the morning after pill before. I think if you are a sexually active woman, there is going to be always be a point, no matter how careful you are, that you suddenly think, actually, I need to double check on this and I need to go and get the morning after pill. And one of the things that I think we've been so lucky to have in our lifetime is actually the ability to go into a chemist and not be judged for it and to just receive it and just get it and just hand over your cash and get the pill in return. So this bizarre, like judgmental statement from Boots really horrified me, really, really upset me. Emma, what did you think? Yeah, the, the whole concept of misusing. I mean, you know, it's years since I've taken it, but I do remember feeling properly rough on that thing. Like, yeah. it's not something where you go, oh, you know what? I've got a good contraception option. I'm just going to get the morning after pill every month. That's just not going to happen. It also really riles me how, you know, it's always our responsibility for contraception. We are only fertile for like 24 to 48 hours every month men are fertile all the time all the time <laughs> they are but also this idea of misuse like how can you misuse contraception you can't also the big problem is that um it's not like it's not free in a sexual health clinic so the the whole point is you've got this one route of getting it which is free which quite frankly having been through it which a lot of us have been it's horrendous you go to those clinics and you look you do that look around you right <laughs> everyone looks at the other people and you think oh my god what did i do wrong in my life Why why has it brought me to this point? And it's awful. But the alternative is, you know, whacking out £26, which, you know, if you're a student, is a lot of money. £26 for something that, for example, Tesco charges £13 for. Yeah. I don't think... I felt really sad because I thought, actually, Boots, this is it. 
example of really not understanding your customer base. Their customer base must be majority, majority women. And you've done something that actually really feels like you're not supporting them and not looking after them at all. Um, Emma, should we ban them? Ban what? Ban boots? Ban boots. Should we just be like, we're not going there anymore, we're not shopping there? I must admit, because the chief pharmacist, um, Mark Donovan, what he said, basically, his whole problem was that they get a lot of complaints from people about the fact that they even supply it. And I'm like, well, where are your loyalties lying? Are your loyalties lying with those people that are, you know, probably got, I don't know, their, their own reasons? Or are you, you know... Are your loyalties with the fundamental health needs of your customers? So, yeah, they were they basically just didn't want to provoke complaints. Didn't want just... to provoke complaints is appalling. This is not a moral issue. It is a health issue for women. It is a health issue for women, and you should not be bringing other people's moral standards exactly. into your consumer exactly. base. Should I we just... boycott boots? Let's boycott boots. They sell diet pills and feminine hi- feminine oh, hygiene products. Okay, right? So, uh, yeah, it's yeah. a no-no for me, I'm afraid. Yeah. yeah. No, mm. okay, boy. <laughs> boots, we're done with you. And uh, the points card? No, actually, I'll tell you what was <laughs> good about the points card. I love that they still ask you for a points card, yeah. right? Like, still. And I'm, I'm like, like, can you just reduce your cost? Because I don't need the points, thanks. Rather than fiber in my pocket. I haven't had a points card since I was a student, but when I was a student, it was great because I used to build up the points, and there would always be a point where I was really, really poor and I needed tampons. And that is what I used my points for. Um, so my story this week, it has been a phenomenal week for women in sport. Um, some really big and exciting things have happened. So for a start, the England cricket team have won the World Cup, which is amazing. And then the England team in the football Euros are doing brilliantly well. They've won all their games. Basically, they're doing better than any football team in the Euros since 1980. So really, women are bossing sport this week. And we're really lucky that right now we have Fran Wilson batter for the England cricket team on the line to tell us all about it. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi. Congratulations. Yeah. Tell us how are you guys feeling this week? Slightly hungover? Um, well, we definitely were Monday a little bit hungover. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I've just been so tired. Like it was really full on. Like for well, even for the last year, we've just been preparing, and um, this week is just just been nice to kind of come home and kind of reflect on the what we've achieved really so did you yeah. know that you were going to win were you feeling confident about it um yeah we were pretty confident we didn't obviously you can never um like predict things like that but um we were pretty confident going into the tournament I think for me personally I knew we had a great team spirit and a great environment within the squad and that takes you a long way um quite a with quite a well-organised team as well with some really good players so we definitely thought we had a chance going to the tournament but I guess none of us could have predicted what actually happened. Fran, what did you think um, of the the big campaign and the advertising campaign around the cricket? Because I saw it and for me it was phenomenal to see that as a woman. Do you think it helped you as well with your mindset to see your team portrayed in that way? Yeah, the media team did a great job. I mean, we've got fantastic people at the ECB who who've advertised the tournament so well and I think the World Cup in general was it was well it was well known about and well publicised, which I think is probably half the battle with women's sport because in order for people to watch and for it to get a bigger, um, you need it to be out out there and actually there for people to see. Um so yeah, as a team we were really, really grateful and really happy for the way it was publicised. Fran, do you think this is changing women's sport generally? So you obviously had the big campaign around the World Cup uh, the women's football Euros broadcast live. The English team are doing really well, so they're gaining more and more support behind them. Do you think this is going to be the start of actually broadcasters taking women's sports seriously and giving it the same level of promotion they give the men's? Yeah, I, I hope so, because I think people are starting to see that there's a massive untapped potential in women's sport. I mean, it's half the population, <laughs> really, and... Um, it's a real spectacle as well. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the game, but yeah. it, it was, I think there were three games that were really, really tense. And um, I mean, I've watched a few back. <laughs> it's quite, it gives me goosebumps. But um, yeah, I think people are starting to see that it's something that people would love to really watch and love to, for other girls to get involved in. And um, Fran, if um, women listening to this do want to get more involved, either actually in the sport itself or in helping to kind of promote it and pass the word on about it, what should they be doing? Uh, well, I would just, just go for it. Um, I mean, it's not necessarily going to be cricket or football, etc. But um, if you can find a sport that you're passionate about um, getting involved, it opens so many opportunities. 
uh, all ages I'd say as well so yeah just go for it just find something you love and kind of yeah work hard and go for it well Fran thank you so much for coming on talking to us today and huge congratulations again I hope you enjoy a huge celebratory week congratulations (laughs) thank you very much for having me Uh, so, did you watch the women's either women's World Cup or the Euros? I watched some of the football the other night. It was phenomenal to flick through because I, I hadn't really uh, acknowledged that it was on, and I just put the TV on and flicked through, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, there's women playing football, and it's not on like ITV channel 1022. It's yeah. on like it was literally on like ITV, I think. Yeah, and it was phenomenal to see that as a woman. Like, I don't think people appreciate how powerful. I don't think men appreciate how powerful that is. Honor, do you think it's changing our perceptions of women's sport? I think so. I mean, uh, as a journalist, we've done tons of work on um, on women in sport, and 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 it's more the profiles and their lives, and you know, revealing things like um, how how bad the salaries are in comparison to what they get paid for men's sport but I think definitely this year I've seen a massive shift in terms of profile and um, that exact same thing of it being on an equal playing field no pun intended as um, <laughs> as men um, but like on a personal note something uh, absolutely adorable happened to me on the weekend so my dad is you know 70 and obviously he's used to watching men's sport and so on and and I was in a bit of a bubble so I forgot that the uh, cricket was on and he said oh my god I'm so excited you know um, England are playing India because um, my family are Indian in background and I was like oh, why are you telling me this like well, I don't care and then my mum said you know it's a women's cricket but he there was no distinction for him he didn't go oh the, it's the women's cricket he just said it's the cricket with the Lovely. same level of excitement Aww. as and it was amazing and and actually uh, you know from being like a little girl like growing up in this country and not necessarily seeing representation for women let alone like Indian women to see England and India play I mean yeah I'm so glad that England won but it was just so amazing to see those two teams and to see that visibility out there I love that more Mm. of that please yeah and can we tell Sky Sports to change their ad campaign currently they've got literally five men on their ad campaign yeah Yeah. boo Sky sort it out out. boo boo boo. (laughs) so our (laughs) final story this week we're still on TV to be honest Ems what have you been watching I'm like I love Island I'm late to the party but well done so ever since Love Island started Harriet and Natalie have constantly (laughs) been going are you watching Love Island I was like no I'm not watching that (laughs) and like this week I watched the final and over the week because I've just got more and more into it and I just like I tell you what I've loved about it. I've loved that there's a TV show about love because I'm like love is a great thing but we don't get that we're just getting lots of really bad really bad media so to have something that was just fundamentally about love and also like very I don't know. I felt like it was quite progressive for like an ITV show. Like, I mean, <laughs> love and cash, but, but way, yeah. But like, no, just the way that they were, everyone was interacting. Anybody who was game playing immediately got ganged up upon and kind of kicked out. Like there was a real, like a genuine love. And then Kem and Chris, oh my God, to see two men <laughs> painting each other's nails. I'm sorry, but I was like, <laughs> I want a boyfriend like that where do I find Emma one? you do not sound like someone that has recently discovered Love Island you sound like someone that's been watching it from day one and has has created charts just got a massive crush <laughs> so we obviously absolutely loved it but now that it is over I'm kind of like taking a step back to it and some of my kind of original like questions about it have popped up because Paula, we were talking about this before the show and you pointed out Actually, yeah, it's very cute, but there is a massive lack of diversity in it, right? Yeah, it looks exactly... Um, so I, I was brought up in the home counties, you know, so there's a very specific <laughs> type of beauty that is um, that is pushed there. And unfortunately with Love Island, you know, it's very, very heterosexual. Um, it's very white as well, very blonde and white. And so... Um, when you're watching it as a show, I mean, I know someone that doesn't really watch it because he, he's got this principle of if there's no LGBT representation uh, in any kind of show, he won't really get on board with it. And I think it's fair enough because, I mean, I completely agree with Emma that I like the fact that it's about love and I, I like the hope of, of the show and the premise of it. But it promotes a very specific type of love and a very specific type of setup. And that can be problematic, I think. It is true. (laughs) And I think next year, so I was thinking about this because we did talk about the lack of LGBT representation way back when it first started. And somebody said, oh, but they had two gay women on it last year. I was like, no, they had two bisexual women on it last year who I'm pretty certain the producers thought that'll be some nice titillation for viewers. Yeah. Also, it's still tokenism. I mean, you know, sort of um, like banging the diversity drum. It is one of those things... 
of, you know, like, oh, you can only have, like, um, one black character or one Asian character, but no, you can't have two, you know, or or it hits, it needs to hit a particular particular box. And I, I just think that that is, that's difficult Should we digest. reinvent Love Island? What would Love Island 2.0 be? Oh, well, we'd have definitely more LGBT representation, yeah. definitely fewer white blonde women. I mean, there were a lot of them. Yeah. And it was, I love the home counties, like the glossy posse. That's what it is, right? <laughs> yeah. Glossy it's the glossy posse. I've never heard that before. <laughs> Somebody over a size 12 who didn't get booted out yeah. after three days. Yeah. That was- <laughs> Older people. Well, like, where are, like, I say old. I'm like, where are the 35-year-olds that need love? Where are where they? Where are the 41-year-olds? Exactly. I, I have a question, though, because I, I don't really watch the show. Um, do they have to wear swimwear all the time or do they have other clothes? Don't know. I think it's in the contract. <laughs> we'll so, change it for the 2.0 version. <laughs> We're going to be talking probably still about this because we love it so much after this break when we have the amazing Grace Victory vlogger, author, all-round Renaissance woman in talking about her new book. Across the UK, online and on DAB. <laughs> Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-host Emma Sexton and this week Natalie Campbell is out because she's injured. Get well soon now. So we have the lovely Porna Bell, journalist extraordinaire in the house with us. And we're also really lucky because this week we're joined by Grace Victory, vlogger and now author of her very own ah, book. Congratulations on the book. <laughs> congratulations. It was the book launch last night. How are you feeling? <laughs> I'm not hungover. <laughs> I'm very tired oh. and like emotionally drained. So, um, but I'm here. I've had a croissant, got my water. Things are great. <laughs> so tell us a bit about the book. It's called No Filter. What are we talking about in it? So No Filter is basically a no-filter version of my life. Um, And it's basically how I change my life around. It talks about all my childhood trauma um, and sort of how I got to where I am now. And it also focuses on like body image, mental health, um, obviously my childhood. And I talk about things in there like vaginas, (laughs) porn. It's basically an uncensored guide to life, like how I lived my life. Um, and it's an encouragement for women to just live their own truth. Um, yeah. Fabulous. Sounds, sounds great. <laughs> so for those of our listeners who might not know about you and what you do, tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are. So um, I am a blogger, vlogger, presenter. Um, I started making YouTube videos five years ago. And at the time it was like beauty and fashion. And back then, like no one was really doing it. Um, so it's very like a community feel um, but I remember thinking that there was nobody on there that was like me it was kind of like me by myself in terms of like working class um, plus size um, a mixed race so I decided just to fill that space up um, and I began getting comments like oh you're such a role model you're an inspiration And I was like, oh, I'm not, because I had all these secret problems going on. I was self-harming, I had issues with food. And I thought, I need to just be honest. So I outed myself, sort of. Um, (laughs) And I did a video called The Pressure To Be Perfect and just spoke about all my problems. And then I had, like, all these comments from people, like, oh, my God, that's happened to me. Like, oh, my God, like, I'm going through that. And I started to realise that, talking about my problems enable people to talk about theirs um and it just sort of went on from there and just grew and grew and grew then I won a few awards got management company and now I'm here and it's like (laughs) mental because I'm from like a a small town called High Wycombe um and I always knew even when I was very very depressed as a child um I always knew that like I'd get out like, I have this, like, self-belief. I feel like I've got guardian angels watching over me. Um, and, yeah, like, I managed to, like, change my whole life around. Um, and then I've got a book. <laughs> so tell us about growing up in High Wycombe. What was that like? Awful. Like- no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, because it's, like, Buckinghamshire, everyone assumes that it's, yeah, like, really posh. And it's not. There's a lot of crime there and uh, poverty. Um, but I had... 
a pretty like my mum was the most amazing mum um but I grew up around domestic violence and drugs and it was just a very difficult childhood for me and my sister um so obviously that's in the book talk about all my childhood um but then the plus side of that I went to performing arts school and had like the most amazing friends there um went to youth clubs so like I my roots will always be in you know High Wycombe but I definitely like outgrew that town and like had to move out you know how do your family feel about you kind of talking about your whole life I don't well it's difficult because obviously we were all together so the men in the in our lives were very abusive so it was just like the women and then like my the children my cousins and stuff so in the book they know what's happened they know everything but I guess it's weird for them for someone to be so open because I'm like the most open person in my whole family um and they all knew it was coming I obviously was like oh by the way like I'm mentioning this in the book um and like names have been changed obviously like for some reasons um but I don't think they can believe it they came to the launch party last night and my mum couldn't even speak (laughs) she was so overwhelmed because they've never seen me like in like a business setting Mm. or like it's mad because all my worlds were meeting so my professional world my new friends my old friends family my therapist was there (laughs) so yeah it's mad crazy do you still do you see yourself as a business now do you do you see yourself as that in terms of now you've got a book out your vlogs does really well um yes I felt like I became like a businesswoman like two years ago when I first went like full-time blogging um but I just think that like my job is to help people and not many people can say that um and I'm lucky enough that brands want to work with me um and obviously the book was like gave me like enough money to be able to do more stuff um so I definitely feel like a business in terms of like I get up at seven o'clock every morning, I do my work, I I do what I need to do because I'm very ambitious and I have like this constant hunger and and drive, um, and I'm never satisfied. Like I think I'll be working until like my dying days. <laughs> um, but in terms of like the brand, my brand is me, um, and not many people can say that. Like I'm a hundred percent myself. I am like an extrovert and an introvert. So everyone sees the extrovert of me. But then I love like being at home in a blanket, <laughs> watching Netflix. So I yeah. like being by myself. Um, but I think people know that. And that's why I think I've got success because I'm just myself. Poor no. So um, I've also written a book that's personal. Um, and so the question that I had for you was, um, I know that when you're putting a lot of your stuff uh, your personal stuff that's out there mm. um, whether you're doing it consciously or subconsciously you kind of have to figure out like okay so what's the stuff that's just for you like what's your yeah. personal stuff and what's the stuff that you're going to put out there which is 100% still you but that's the stuff yeah. that you've decided that you know you're going to share with everyone else so I think my question for you is um, how did you decide like what was that process how did you choose to um, how, how did you decide to choose what you were going to leave in and what you were um, going to leave out is this in the book this is in the book yeah I put everything in there now this is because I feel like I was put on this earth to help people so all the struggles I've had is to inspire other people to to not give up so if something has happened to me in my life that I think if I talk about this it's going to help at least one person that's the only reason I need um and I'm just a very open person so me talking about stuff isn't hard um and yeah sometimes it can be draining talking about like my eating disorder um and things that are quite triggering but the other stuff that's happened to me I just think people need to hear it I wish I had a person like me when I was growing up um and my purpose is greater than just me you know you know when you said that you started um vlogging because you wanted to kind of fill that gap of of what you uh saw was lacking out there Mm -hmm. um and I think that you know, I don't know that there are... I wish that there were more people like you out there doing more of this because, actually, I think there's still, like, a huge need for it. Um, what's your take on, on all of that? I mean, do you think that people need to be talking about this a bit more? Yeah. Just don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> there's, like, a lack of representation. I just will be here all day. Um, and diversity 
across the board in like every industry especially in blogging um and it's obviously very saturated with the same type of person um and i think everyone's reality is different and if someone has a very privileged life and they kind of flounce and flutter through the world with their designer handbags and everything's great that's fine but that's not my reality and that's not a lot of people's reality so I try and live like I said like I live my own truth um but brands have to do more like you see the same people and it's me as well like I'm the token plus size mixed race girl um the same the same people in every campaign like it's just not enough like you can't get one black girl black people come in all different shades um so I think there's definitely still a massive issue with youtube and blogging and brands and makeup companies um but that's why i'm here like to use my voice and i i definitely think people are using their voices but they haven't got a massive platform like other vloggers who are white and middle class and have like millions of followers so there are people like me they just haven't got the following to give them that kind of like massive voice um and influence do you think the vlogging community knows that this is an issue because i want things like we were talking earlier about love island and how like we all loved love island but essentially it was a load of oh white God. glossy posse people <laughs> yeah. in a villa together like looking beautiful yep. and having a lovely time right yeah um and, and the token complete, black guy yeah and the token <laughs> black guy exactly one black guy that was it and the they have kind of obvious they just don't seem to have any realization that that mm. was a thing right apart mm. from marcel the token black guy clearly knew yeah none of them none just didn't occur to any of them do you think that's the same across every industry and particularly across kind of blogging and vlogging yeah and i think there's there's a sort of thing like i know being light-skinned that i have a privilege over black girls i know yeah. that completely but i think that in the blogging world the middle class white people don't recognize their privilege um and they don't help their they don't use their platforms to help marginalize people mm-hmm. um and ethnic minorities and sometimes they don't even they don't register that that's a thing or they just turn a blind eye to it because well they're, they're making all this money everything's great for them um and it's so frustrating like and that's why I think I I make sort of enemies because I don't care about offending people um, because it's so important. But I definitely think that some know and choose not to, you know, care. But I think, uh, sorry, just in terms of like white privilege, I'm really hot on my white privilege. And I definitely think that I haven't acknowledged that enough in my history. Mm. And I'm starting to learn about that now because yeah. I've had my eyes open around people that I work with. And I think that the challenge is we operate in a world that's designed for us. So actually, the point that you're saying, I'm sitting here going, God, yeah, why aren't these vloggers encouraging more? But I think... I think sometimes it's not always ignorant. It, mm. Maybe it is ignorance. But I think because the world's kind of designed to work for me, yeah. I don't even... I, I mean, don't I'm much more conscious, check. but I think most white people are not aware of their privilege because mm. they've never had to... The, the, the world, they operate in the world the way it's been designed. Yeah. Where, you know, if you're not privileged in that way, you've had to really adapt and you, yeah. it's really aware. So I think what you're doing in terms of awareness is great. And I think... I don't know how we get more white people to acknowledge their privilege and be less defensive I think it's just a conversation, it. like listening to people, mm-hmm. even like the thin privilege versus fat people. Like people just don't want to listen. Mm-hmm. Like listen to me. This is my experiences and this is my proof. Um, but that's why we have like activism and people like me, like defending people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's so important. I absolutely agree. I think it's the biggest thing we could all do to help each other out and create a better world is just actually to listen yeah. and accept that that is someone's experience of the world. Grace, you are going to stay with us for our next section, which oh, is yeah. our badass balls ups, where <laughs> yeah. we answer your problems. Le- readers, listeners, listeners, <laughs> tell us your problems. So what is it? What's going on with you? You can find us on Twitter at Badass Women's Hour, HR at Badass Women's Hour, or on Facebook, Instagram, all the socials. Um, but Grace will be here for that coming up next. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter. I'm joined by my co-host, Emma Sexton. And this week, standing in, helping us out, we have the amazing Porna Bell. Thanks for being here, Porna. Thank you. (laughs) And we are also lucky enough to have the brilliant, vivacious, very, very funny Grace Victory in the studio with us. Oh, hey. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the section of our show where we answer your problems. We try and use our combined over 100 years of experience, mistakes made, Lessons not really learned <laughs> to help you out. Uh, so, questions this week. What have we got, Paula? What's our first question this week? We have Fed from Facebook who has said, everyone in my office gets dolled up. Um, if I go in without makeup, mm. am I jeopardising my career in any way? Would people think any less of me because I'm maybe not as polished or groomed as the rest of them? This is glossy Aww. posse bullying. Yeah. This is what it is. <laughs> uh, so I remember going in to work. I was like really, really young, and I think it was the first, first like proper job job I had. I was a receptionist, and I was a really good receptionist. I'm not gonna, not bragging. I was an excellent receptionist, and on my appraisal form, I got five out of five for everything. And then the final comment was, "Could wear more lipstick." Ooh. Wow! Ouch. Oh. Wow! Oh. Okay. <laughs> And I was just horrified. It's like, who says that? So I personally think if you do a good job, you do a good job. And it doesn't really matter. Like, take a wipe, take it off. But Porna, you kind of love it, don't you? I love (laughs) makeup. I wear makeup for myself. You are very rarely ever going to find me without makeup unless I've left a makeup bag around someone's house and I'm running towards a bus or a train (laughs) or a sauna. Um, So so I'm a a massive fan of it. I don't judge people that don't tend to wear makeup um, or who don't like wearing makeup. Um, I do do have a judgment, however, I'm sorry about this. Um, When I see people at work who've got um, chipped or really badly applied nail polish because it's a really big it's a really big pet peeve because I just think just take it off it just doesn't look nice it looks raggedy raggedy (laughs) ratchet Um, I I think that as everyone hides their nails (laughs) I think it doesn't matter but you will probably be judged absolutely like for me <clears throat> like I'm wearing no makeup today um, and I love wear, like wearing no makeup but I love wearing makeup too but I think in the workplace people are judging you on your appearance which absolutely sucks but that's just the world we live in um, but I don't really agree with having to like proper dress up for work like what you look like doesn't really determine how well you are at your job Yeah. I um, so I think that it doesn't matter but at the same time it probably will hinder your do you think there's something work. about knowing the environment that you're in? So actually, if everyone is do- like dolling up to the nines, you have to at least be hitting like a five point five or a six. Yeah, but then I think I'll do what I like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. I'll wear what I like. Yeah. If if I've washed and I've brushed my teeth, <laughs> that's all. That's all that matters, really. Yeah. Like we, it's like humans aren't meant to look a certain way, and society has created a very warped view of what women should be like so if i want to turn up with ketchup on my top for work i will but when guys (laughs) to be fair when guys turn up to the office dressed like bums and 
you know, hoodie or everything's wrinkly, I do look at them and I just think, oh, God, why? <laughs> you need Doesn't someone look to look good. after you. Yeah, or, or just like have a wash. Yeah, yeah, but there's a level, right? There's a level yeah. which is like, she said, have a wash, brush your teeth. Yeah. Like whatever <laughs> your self-care is. Yeah. yeah, like for yeah. some people, basic basic self-care is all they can meet, especially yeah. if you have depression yeah. or yeah. other issues going on. Um, and how you look after yourself is up to you. Yeah. And like... F everyone else, you know? I'd buck the trend as well because I reckon half of that office were like, are only making an effort because everyone else is. Yeah, and if you start go. going in with lack exactly. of makeup, they'll be like, oh, thank goodness for that. Yeah, like empower yourself and then you it's empower effort others. effort to do that kind of makeup. <laughs> like, every yeah. day. I can't be asked. No. I do sometimes think when I go to a meeting, like, mm, I'm wearing a hoodie. <laughs> but I think, well, this is me, so accept it. <laughs> Emma, what is your problem this week? Uh, So we had uh, a query on Twitter from Samantha. Samantha was like, every year I go away on um, like a friend's holiday. So there's a big group of us. But last year, someone met somebody and they were basically having sex for most of that week. And she didn't get a lot of sleep. She didn't get a lot of rest. She was really like irate because this person kept bringing their holiday romance in the room, in the the villa that they were staying. And she's like, okay, so we're going on this holiday again. What can I do? Because if this happens again, it's going to ruin my holiday. And that's a really important time for me. I mean, the obvious answer is find someone else first and do it to them. But I don't know, Grace, have you ever had like a bit of a holiday romance that's either annoyed your friends or <clears throat> vice versa? Never had that because <laughs> I've always gone away with like my boyfriend at the time. But I remember this is actually in the book. Um, I when I was younger, me and my friends were just very horny <laughs> and you know when you're like 16 and you're just trying all these different things and my I was secretly I was dating this boy but I wasn't he was gay but he wasn't ready to come out so we oh. were secretly together but we secretly weren't it was very weird <laughs> and he met this guy and um he came to the house I was there as his girlfriend and they did a little something when I was in the room. Hooked At up. the time, I was like, I'm going to go mad tomorrow. <laughs> but then I thought, oh, like, life's too short. But it can be awkward and it can be annoying. But I think it's like a mutual respect thing. If it happened now, obviously I was young. If it happened now as an adult, I would say, like, you need to be quiet or we're going to fight. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get some sleep. <laughs> yeah. And when I'm tired, I am outrageous and moody <laughs> so I think you've just got to tell her I think it is I think it's all about it's about having like a conversation up front right I agree I applied this principle though not just to holidays but you know when your friends just invite their partners along to dinner or their babies or whatever it is and you go oh I thought it was just going to be you know the two or three of us oh and my god yes you invited your entire extended family thanks but I think I, I agree <laughs> I think that when it comes to holidays um, I am old enough now that I holiday time is a precious time and mm. if they want to hook up with someone that's fine just don't do it anywhere near my villa or my sleepy time <laughs> yeah <laughs> take exactly. it outside people take it outside not to the beach though we've all learned that lesson um, so oh my god sandy you bitch <laughs> not the way forward thing <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> oh, amazing! Our final question of this week. Oh, we've lost all sense of track. Our final question for this week. So we are really lucky that we have two brilliant authors in the room with us: Grace Victory and her fantastic new book, No Filter. And Porna Bell, tell us your title: Chase the Rainbow. It's a beautiful Aww. book. Chase the Rainbow. Um, ladies, so this one is a question from me. Using your wisdom, I know lots and lots of people, writers out there, who really want to get published. What are some first steps they should be thinking about in order to do that? Porna. Um, I think that uh, you need to think about what it is that you want to say. So what's the purpose of it? Who is not saying uh, the thing that you want to say that's out there? So a big part of why I wrote my book was because I couldn't find books out there that could articulate my experience in the way that I wanted it to. Um, And also um, just had to figure out that I was going to be okay to borrow your word, Grace, uh, with my truth being out there and Mm. and being open about it. Because a lot of the stuff that I talked about was stuff that I'd kept hidden for a very, very long time. 
time. And I think that once I'd decided that, because that's also the other thing with a personal book, you know, if you're not going to commit to it all in, don't bother writing it, just set up a blog and keep it anonymous or whatever. But um, I think that what I then did was I um, started just writing, like wrote without a purpose in mind. It coalesced together into the book that I thought it should be. I then reached out to agents. I wouldn't deal with anyone that um, asked me to post it in because I just thought, you know, we're in 2017. Mm. Um, We have this thing called the internet. (laughs) So uh, emailed a lot of people, um, got a few meetings with agents and then uh, the next thing got a publisher. Amazing. Grace, did you think, was it the same thing for you? Did you take a slightly different approach? Yeah. I think it was different because I've already got a platform. Yeah. And obviously it's like, it's like a thing for like a blogger to have a book now. <laughs> um, but my like way in, I was like, well, there's nobody like there, like out there like me. And in publishing, it's very saturated with sort of like white middle class and no one like me reads. So I'm like they want to read my book because we're kind of the same, had the same background, childhood. You know, I grew up on a council estate. It wasn't a thing to read. How like, did you cope with the writing process? Did you get to a point where you're like, I can't do this anymore? Did you get writer's block? What happened? Because it's my life, I just literally wrote everything out and then my editor was like, let's form this now and make it flow. Because I just literally got out all my thoughts, my experiences, and then we kind of... I guess have like a timeline of all the stuff and then kind of made it work with each other. Um, but I, yeah, I went in and was like, well, I, first of all, I'm mixed race and there's no one, there's not many people yeah. that are of colour that are in publishing anyway. And I'm a woman, so hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also I was like, this story, this story needs to be out there. Like there's not many people have come from my background and my experiences that have come out the other side and are sort of alive to tell the tale um and that's the angle that I went and I was like you know young people have so many things going on they have all these issues um I worked at a children's care home as well so I was like I've also know what other children who aren't really seen are going through and I feel like this will help them and it's you know like a little girl bible to be like hey like it's gonna be okay um and I actually have 15 meetings in a week with publishers wow and I had eight offers and I got to choose so wow. I was like yeah well yes. done. <laughs> well I done. love that yeah so I think basically know your audience yeah get it on the page write yeah. it down and, and don't, don't take no for an answer no. yeah. and yeah. don't overcomplicate it love it yeah fabulous thank you very much ladies so that's all we've got time for on our badass balls ups but it's as ever, if you've got a problem you want our help with, do tweet us at Badass Women's Hour, HR at Badass Women's Hour. Find us on Facebook or Instagram, all the socials. Uh, big thank you to Grace Victory for coming in today. Her Ooh, new book, No Filter, me. out now. Yes. Yeah, woo. Um, and we'll be back here again just after this short break to talk about our backdated badass, a woman from history that you absolutely need to know about. Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter. I'm joined by my co-host Emma Sexton. And standing in for Natalie Campbell this week, we have the lovely Porna Bell. And also joining us in the studio right now, we have a Melissa Generali who is going to do our backdated badass this week. Melissa, who are you talking about? I'm talking about Sally Ride today. She was the first American woman to ever go into space. Tell us about Sally. How did she become the first woman to do that? Well, she has a PhD, she had a PhD in physics, and she was always really fascinated by physics and astronomy, and she beat out a 1,000 applicants to be one of the people that were accepted um, into NASA in 1978, I believe. It was 1983 that she went up in the Challenger. Um, what was she? Um, what was she like as a person? How did she kind of have the grit and determination to do that? She seemed like she had an incredibly positive attitude. I mean, I think you would have to to be in such a, a male-dominated field, especially in the early '80s. Um, she seemed very straightforward. Something that was really interesting to me, and also kind of um, upsetting to me because it still happens today, is uh, I've seen interviews where she had been asked, "Are you afraid of how going up into space is going to affect your reproductive organs? And are you going to get weepy on the job if things don't go your way?" And I thought, you know, what bullshit. And the thing mm-hmm. is, there are plenty of men who uh, are. You know, get just as I don't know if the word's weepy, Nobody's but get plenty. Asking them about their reproductive <laughs> no, organs, and so are they? she she always seemed to have put on a very good face and stay positive and graceful the entire time. Okay, 
and I was also reading she was actually a nationally ranked tennis player as well so she obviously comes from that background which is quite sporty quite competitive lots and lots of focus and drive um, definitely what was kind of her what do you think her legacy has been for other female astronauts well she started uh, Sally Ride Science which inspires young women to pursue careers in science which is still very obviously very important today we, we're seeing all this data constantly about how women in the UK and in the US should get more involved in STEM and how there needs to be more encouragement for it so still really relevant today I mean I think she just being the first woman to do anything is relevant and even though she has quite a legacy in NASA and in the space field, um, I, I still don't think that she is nearly anywhere near as famous as John Glenn or some of the other male astronaut, astronauts that were the first to go into space. I think it's also fantastic that she um, belonged to the LGBT community. I don't know that that's very well known, right? Yeah, absolutely. She she was married to a man um, until she passed away in 2012, but she did have a relationship with a female partner for a number of years, and it was after she passed away that they publicly started talking about that. So um, she was very supportive of the community. And uh, to be anybody in the science community even talking about that is monumental. Fantastic. So this is Sally Ride, the first American woman to go to space. Uh, she is our backdated badass for this week and with a legacy that is living on and inspiring young girls today. Um, so we loved her. Thank you so much, Melissa Ginrally, for joining us and telling us all about her. Thank you for having me. And now, of course, as ever, we like to leave you with a little something for the rest of the week, a kind of badass principle that you can live your coming seven days by and even though she is laid up with a poorly leg miss natalie campbell could not resist the chance to call in and tell us now what is our badass principle for the week hello mamas the badass principle this week is don't fall and what i mean by that is it's not the literal because if, if you're going down you come down it's what happens when you come out the other side. So I was very tempted to sit at home and eat all of the take. Well, I kind of did, but eat a lot more takeaway than I did. And actually, it's, you know, the most important thing is that you stay focused and positive on the opportunity. So being on the sofa, I got lots of work done. Um, and making sure that spiral of negativity doesn't come into play when you've been knocked down. Fabulous. That's what don't fall means to me. So don't fall for this week is our badass principle. Pono, what does it mean for you, don't fall? Um, the idea of don't fall, um, I think that for me specifically this week, it's about um, falling into being overworked. And uh, it's a big temptation for me, as I'm sure it is for a lot of people to just take on lots of different things at the same time. You know, I'm, I'm very excited by the work that I do. And then I think it was on Wednesday, I was waiting for a friend um, bad behaviour on her part she was about an hour late but I was in this really rickety Persian restaurant in the middle of West London and I almost burst into tears at the table and the guys were like oh we don't know what to do so we're going to pretend like she's not showing emotion but the reason why I was crying wasn't actually because my um, friend was late it was because I was really frazzled and tired and so um, I would say don't fall into bad habits such as uh, over committing to things that you might really want to do but actually self-care is about learning how to say no. It is. Mm -hmm. And I think also that thing about learning um, actually had to recognize, oh, hang on, I'm sitting in a restaurant, I'm about to cry. This is probably a sign <laughs> that I need to take a bit of time out. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Stop yourself falling into that spiral. Um, Emma, how are you going to be living Don't Fall in the next few days? Yeah, I think we're well, definitely going to try not to fall over like poor Nat. Um, <laughs> but I think Don't Fall for me is similar to Puna when it's like I I'm very I have a very like growth mindset. And so I always take a good look at myself and my behaviours and my pat patterns. So for me, it's about being conscious of those and not falling back into sort of old behaviours, those things that I was quite conditioned in terms of, you know, how you grow up and who influences you and like staying true to like the person that I want to be now and how I want to behave and react to things now so it's yeah it's not easy no. uh, and Melissa you're still with us so tell us what for you is don't fall sure don't fall to me particularly this week and this month means stay at a high level of energy stay at a high level of drive and stay very positive and thinking and feeling abundance that's something that I've really been making a lot of breakthroughs with the past couple of weeks because I've been doing the artist way which we've talked about before oh, I love the artist um, way so yeah just um, just stay stay high on life and stay high in your uh, stay high on yourself and don't fall beautiful uh, so for me, don't fall this week is probably, I mean, you're all such lovely, positive people. My don't 
fall is don't fall for the same old lines. <laughs> so it's very easy when we want to think the best of people to hear something and think, do you know what? This time I truly believe that you are telling me the truth. But instead it's about realising that they've said it before. And they didn't mean it last time. They're not going to mean it this time. Don't fall for the lies. That's Ooh. what I'm saying. Ooh. Not this week. Um, so we're coming to the end of our show. But as ever, if you want to get in touch with us, you do what you should do. You should find us on Twitter and tweet us. We're at Badass Women's Hour, HR at Badass Women's Hour. Or if you want to talk to any of us individually, you can talk to me at Harriet Minter, Emma at Emma Sexton, uh, at Pornabelle, at Pornabelle, and Mel. Oh, at Melissa Rowley. And of course, at Nat D. Campbell, even though she's not here, you can still find her on Twitter. She's got a phone with her. Um, or you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, at Badass Women's Hour, all the socials. We really want to hear from you, hear what you think. Who should be our backdated badass? Do you want to contribute one? Would you like to tell us a problem you want our help with? Do call in and tell us because we always really want to know. As ever, we'll be back here on Talk Radio again, same time, same place next week. We will talk to you then. Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.